1: Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films, Snarkitude. this is Real Spoilers, episode 455, the box office report for the week ending February 24th, 2019. Huh. Let's go around the table and everybody can introduce themselves. I'm Steve Kelly with STL. This is Kevin and this is Tom and I guess we'll do our shameless plugs then Uh, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts. you can go there rate review subscribe it helps us
0: tremendously you know what I was thinking what were you thinking I was thinking that you know sometimes people might be afraid to leave reviews (laughs) because it may be daunting they're not the best writers I say I don't know what to say Um, but you know you don't have to write much if you go on (laughs) Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. You just say, I love this show, or these guys are oh, great, take a listen. That's you know? good to know. So if you're scared to review us, just remember, it doesn't have to be a whole paragraph. Well, that, that's good to know. <laughs> I so, hope you don't try to steal my idea in the next episode. <laughs> so
1: uh, we actually have a new review. We do. We do. They're already listening to me. Yes, they, they are. Wow. It's, that's quick. It's, that's a dramatic impact you're having. <laughs> so this, this is uh, from Vladilock. Oh. I guess is how you say that. All right. Uh, great movie podcast. Uh, this is one of the better movie podcasts out there today. I don't listen to the box office reports, Aww. so they'll never hear this. Wah, wah. But love their actual movie coverage. Uh, sometimes they get super in-depth, sometimes not, but they always seem to have fun, and no matter how bad a movie might be, they always try to at least find something positive about it. They don't just hate on everything because the internet likes to troll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We do hate on some things, so. But no, Tom does, but uh, the rest of us try to be
0: pretty open minded. Uh, Sure,
1: they can (laughs) go off on random tangents at times, but more often (laughs) than not, those tangents add something to the discussion. And hey, they'll eventually get back on track. Definitely (laughs) check this one out if you like to listen to. To people who know movies discuss the newest releases So so thank you And that's an example Of a long And very well written one yeah. and, uh, and we appreciate those And but we like those Yeah we do Like I'm not bagging on it I'm just saying But like some people Get a little intimidated And they don't know What to say So they say nothing So like feel free To just be like Five stars I love it That's at least You know It gets Get some some interaction.
0: There, I mean, so. even if you want to quote your favorite movie, we don't care. Like, if you want to rate it five stars and and then do, like, a famous movie quote that you love, like, if that gets you to write a review, I mean, that's fine. Whatever you want to put in there. Yeah.
1: Also, while we're shamelessly plugging, uh, don't forget our Patreon at patreon.com slash spoilers, where for uh, five bucks you get all sorts of bonus content. So... Uh, anyway that's all that I, I guess we will uh, turn our eyes to the box office Kevin has his abacus at the ready Kevin
0: I do Tom and it is one of those weekends uh, that we love to see well when the movie's worth talking about <laughs> how to train your dragon the hidden world not to be confused with how to train your dragon 3 which does not exist <laughs> it's number one and uh, it has made uh, 60.6 million dollars opening weekend and so I like to close the tab of the movie I'm talking about just to create confusion for myself well done thank you uh <laughs> (laughs) Uh, So the movie had a $129 million budget and... Uh, we'll go into it in depth in the next episode. Obviously Which, that's
1: pretty low for a movie like this these days, isn't it?
0: I, I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of money, but I do feel like, especially for a third movie in a popular trilogy like this, a lot of names, a lot of um, amazing animation and everything. Yeah. It, it seems a little low and we will talk about in the next episode that there's been a few years in between the second movie and the third film. So right. I think that, and with the box office being good, but not quite what they hoped for, I think they maybe cut back the budget a little bit and uh, took a little bit longer to get made.
2: Right. But too, I mean, maybe someone who works in animation can confirm, but since they've already done two of these movies before, they probably have a lot of the, you know, production. Yeah. Assets already ready to go. So they don't have to spend as much time developing them. So maybe it it also makes it a little bit cheaper. That's
0: true. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, for sure possible and uh just to compare it though i mean here we are at the third movie the first movie had a 165 million dollar budget so it's interesting usually as movies come out and they are more successful right you get more budget for the actors and everything now that's not always the right thing that means you have to make more money to pay for it uh and you know take Bloomhouse for example i mean they can make sequels and remakes and reboots for for nothing and yeah and they make a ton of money
1: and, and my guess is too, like that budgets probably cut even more than it might look because a lot of this the voice cast comes back so they you know they had to pay them probably more mm-hmm. to get them back or they were in some sort of multi-picture deal that automatically increased yeah their their pay it's a great point with the, each film
0: yeah like they could have ex- not extremely it's a great-looking movie and we'll get into that but they could have cut the production budget outside of voices even more than we see, right? But the reason that it still is one twenty is because you got to pay all those actors. Right. It's a big cast, maybe, right?
2: Maybe T.J. Miller get charges forty nine million a year, yeah. <laughs> million per movie. Yeah,
0: so there you go. What a savings! But the first movie one hundred and sixty five million dollar budget would go on to gross four hundred ninety four million worldwide, and the second film had a one hundred forty five million dollar budget. So another one that took a small drop, uh, but it grows six hundred and twenty one million dollars. So over a Hundred million more on that sequel, Uh, and that came out back in two thousand and fourteen. So we're at the beginning of two thousand nineteen. So almost five years. I didn't realize it was quite that long. Yeah, of a jump there. But anyway, so we'll get into that one next episode. But as far as openings go, the first film had a forty-three million dollar opening weekend. The second film had a forty-nine million dollar opening weekend, increasing a bit. So I mean, maybe this is one of those where the wait, where you know, it was worth the wait, and people showed up for it because 60 million
1: i i think it says more about when they released it cuz if memory serves how to train your dragon 2 came out in the summer didn't it june yeah yeah so you know there's not a lot of competition right now so to gotcha. get a property of this magnitude like i think in the summer this is a lesser property mm-hmm. but in february it's that's a huge property for february
0: totally that's a good point yeah and that goes back to them playing with the the release dates i mean with uh john wick the first two movies were february movies i think totally outside of of what we were used to and they did huge now i guess the third one will be a summer movie I think it's it's elevated to that status, but
1: you know, which I think is a mistake.
0: Yeah, which you know, it thrives in February, and I know people love the movie, but you're right, there's a lot of competition. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see what happens, but uh, yeah, well, the right time at the right place certainly, and a lot of people showed up for this one, so we'll see what it continues to do. But for right now, again, sixty, a little over sixty million dollars domestic, and uh, over on the foreign side, it's already up to two hundred and sixteen million. So already basically doubling its budget overseas i mean with the game. they have to be ecstatic yeah. with those numbers
1: especially when i feel like it's a movie they weren't sure they even wanted to make
0: yeah i mean they've they've with the worldwide take they've already doubled their budget opening weekend yeah. so these movies making a lot of money again around 4 5 to 600 million for the other two i think people are really happy and excited about this one so i wouldn't be surprised if when the money starts rolling in overseas if if it could you know match the second one or even exceed it uh, but only time will tell. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but definitely happy with these results. Uh, the studio is, um, if I own part of it, I would be too, just to be clear. Number two, Alita battle angel. That is the movie of last week. So you can go listen to that one of two movies from last week. Yeah. Uh, but it is still staying up there at the top. Uh, it is, uh, it brought in $11 million, which is a 60% drop. So, um, definitely took a, a little bit of a hit, but still making some money, $60 million, uh, <laughs> total, uh, coincidentally, same as dragon in opening weekend. It's up to $60 million in the U S. Uh, but Tom and I talked outside of the show and it apparently had a huge weekend opening in China, uh, and it is on pace to make a lot of money. They're saying, when they compare the movie to other films in the genre that have been released, other similar films, uh, with these kind of openings, I think it made $50 million, around $50 million on Friday alone in China. Uh, it puts it on pace, they think, for for the run in China to go between $150 million at the low point to $250 million at the high point in China alone. So we talked about Alita Battle Angel last week and the lackluster box office and how we didn't think there was any way they could make a sequel I'm still not saying that it's for sure they will, but the movie's not going to take a loss at this rate. So, I mean, with that one country, and I think Japan is opening it as well. So when you're looking at China alone, bringing in 150 to 250, that's one country, and there's a lot of other countries that like the big action spectacles over there. So. They
1: Pacific rimmed it.
0: They Pacific rimmed it, yeah.
1: I mean, And I, I do wonder, going back to the discussion about her weird eyes, if yeah. like... It's if,
0: acceptable. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: That, like that that helped yeah, cuz you know, I mean oh, there.
0: if you're in if you're in the Asian countries, you know, if you're in Japan, if you're in China and where manga is a is a popular form of reading over there. Yeah. They're used to seeing that style. I mean, right. that's why the movie took it was because the manga had taken the influence from other, you know, it evolved over their animation over the decades over there and the big eyes are a thing. And so uh that is not as big of a deterrent as it is here and I'm not just guessing. Like what I mean is there has been this Outcrying of people that are saying i don't want to see alita i'm not gonna ever see it like basically it all comes down to those eyes are weird yeah like like they're off putting enough where people are not giving it a chance which i think is a shame i mean we talked about last week i really enjoyed it i think that it's a really fun action movie it's it's basically a summer blockbuster spectacle as far as like the action goes you know released earlier in the year and uh I think it's a fun movie. I would love to see people go to it, but I, but I get it too, because at the same time, I think we all said that if we didn't have to see it for the podcast, we wouldn't have ran out to see it yeah. at the theater. Uh, and the eyes definitely were a deterrent for me where I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's just that uncanny Valley. It's something about it, but giving it a chance, I enjoyed it. So I would say for anyone else that enjoys uh, whether it be anime or action movies, you know, CGI heavy stuff. Um, it's a lot of fun. So give it a chance. But uh, that one, Uh, let me pull up because since I had to scrounge around for my how to train your dragon tab that I closed here we go so that one had a 170 million dollar budget and as we know it's only 60 million in the US but uh, overseas before the final weekend totals it's already at 100 million so we're looking at 160 170 million without the rest of the countries updated we're talking about just uh, last week and the US totals. so it's already hit its budget. I'm guessing that with China, it will double it alone. And then, uh, we'll have to see what happens to the rest of the world. So, um, anyway, moving on to number three, the Lego movie two, the second part. Uh, I I don't, let me, uh, let me pause real quick and I'll edit this out. There we go. Too zoomed in on the monitor. I'm like, I don't have all my stats. (laughs) Uh, the Lego Movie Two, the second part, uh, is in week five, and it made another ten point two million dollars, a fifty-one percent drop. Uh, we talked about that it had kind of a weak opening, and we were surprised uh, with that, um, and we wondered if it would have legs. I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily setting the world ablaze, but it is in week five with another kids' movie opening, and it still made ten million dollars. Yeah. So I mean, I think that shows people are slowly still getting out to the theater to see it. Uh, it has made 83.8 million dollars domestic so far it has made uh kind of a low number i i guess it's not rolled out overseas completely either but uh it's made uh 40 before the weekend so um you're getting up to around the 180 million dollars uh worldwide so it's making money i don't have a budget on it but i mean i think i think the budget on these things as we talk about animated features i mean i would put it in around the hundred twenty, hundred fifty million 150 million dollars does that sound right to you? I
1: thought the Lego movies were a little cheaper. LEGO, than that. Yeah,
0: I think maybe because of the animation, the way they do it on the computer, like they've got their system down. Yeah, so, and maybe it doesn't cost as much to animate. Um, and they only got their. I mean, spoilers.
1: according to Wikipedia, its budget was ninety nine million dollars. Ninety nine.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a little lower than most of our big budget uh, animated films. Also, you have to take into consideration for Lego two yes they get a lot of the voice actors back but they get them back for a very small amount of time right the story is wrapped in a way to where yay the gang's back we're leaving the gang goodbye like so you know spoiler alert I mean you're gonna see them but uh, Emmett does go off on his own adventure so go listen to that episode uh, you know and go see it if you want to first but um, we go in depth there Number four, fighting with my family. Uh, another movie that opened wide this weekend, and a movie that we were legally obligated not to talk about with Joe not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was I, since he was out this week. I actually messaged him on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, it's a shame you're not going to be there for fighting with my family." And he's like, "What?"
0: His reaction. Yeah, <laughs> his reaction was, and you could tell. Like, I mean, maybe I'm just saying it the way I think he's saying it. Maybe he didn't mean it this way. I think he did, but he's like. Yeah, I guess that's fine, but I thought you were doing dragon. Like yeah, it was yeah. it was a very it was it was pretty funny, but this is all it Tom was, and him.
1: It was the equivalent of when when your when your wife is like, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Anytime it's, your wife says, That's it's, fine, it's never it's fine. fine no. yeah.
0: Take it from us who have both been divorced. Yeah. <laughs> we know.
1: Not so, me though. No. No, we did not divorce you. Oh. Uh-uh. Wait. <laughs> Well, there's still time. Oh, there's, You're there's young, time. yeah. yeah. There, there's there, yeah. dare to dream. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Then Steve Kelly can be the future. be divorced from Tom
2: O'Keefe <laughs> and Kevin <Bracken. laughs> The next
0: future Miss Tom O'Keefe, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Tom. O'Keefe. I don't know. How oh, I'd think. be
1: the Miss. Is that it? Well, wow. I, I You well, don't, well, don't have, I don't
0: have to. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, speak for anyone. I'm, there's
1: no right or there's no yeah, right answer here right? for you.
0: So that's interesting. So, okay, here's the thing. So, when a woman is married to a man, she if she takes his last name, right, she is still she is still referred to as, I mean, you can refer to her as Mrs. Tom O'Keefe. Right. So when a man marries a man and he takes the name, Mr. Tom O'Keefe. But you're like, but that's not Tom. And he is a Mr. I can see how that could get confusing. I don't think
1: that that form of etiquette. Well, one, I don't think that particular aspect an an etiquette of like Mrs. Tom. O'Keefe, I don't think you really see that too much anymore. Yeah. And I think that with gay marriage, I think it's, Hasn't been around long enough to establish its own gotcha. rules in that regard, and, and in terms of like, because I don't think, I mean, I don't think when gay people get married, they typically take each other's last name. You know, they usually hyphenate them. Do they? Mm-hmm. Is that what they do? I yeah. wasn't sure if they yeah. if they just they kept they their take own. each other's I've
2: and hyphenate them. Them. Like I, I've yeah. seen, I've seen women who've taken their wife's last name before too so yeah i, I think I've it's, I think it's of, kind of depends on just how they how they feel yeah you
0: can do whatever you want i, I just meant i've seen the hyphenation several times yeah. you know so that way it's like because i think that again that makes it less confusing you know and it's right. not like well who's gonna take whose name because there's not an established like right. i know that it's not everyone does it but for the most part sure it's socially acceptable that the woman takes the man's last name so when you get into the same sex marriage then it's like well who's gonna take whose name that makes it easy just you both take each other's and
1: Boy, then, uh, so if 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 a gay couple get married, take each other's last names, do the hyphen thing, and then they have kids, and the kids are gay, and they marry somebody who also Trouble. took the did the uh, hyphen thing, four names. <laughs> it's gonna be like you take the
0: first name, Steve and I'll and take and the
1: second, Steve and James Smith Kelly O'Keefe. <laughs> bracket <laughs> oh, wow.
0: that a really, that's an interesting question something's got to give man <laughs> yeah absolutely so anyway fighting with my family <laughs> well, not our family here yeah. our, not our podcast family but uh, the rocks movie this is the rocks production production company seven bucks productions uh, he also does make an appearance in the film it made seven point four million dollars which uh, yeah it's only a five thousand two hundred and thirty two
1: percent increase <laughs> well it's because it was probably on two screens <laughs> yeah, yeah. It,
0: it did the limited opening last yeah. week like on either coast and so it's just funny to always always see like a 5,000 percent increase right. on a film. Wow they're doing well but uh, anyway so that brings this total yeah up from 7.4 this week to a total of seven point six one five million dollars and uh, going over to the box uh, I don't have a budget on this one and it looks like it hasn't opened up overseas yet so it couldn't have been much. It's not it's, it seems like a small movie you saw it I did. What as a non-wrestling fan what do you think about it?
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I did not expect to really enjoy it, but uh, it was a, it was an interesting it, it was an interesting story, and its budget is eleven million dollars.
0: Jeez, yeah. I mean, that's nothing. And it was written by Stephen Merchant. Yeah. So that's that's. I mean, I think that definitely lends to the script. It has like a ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really good word of mouth, and I'm thinking, you know, you've got you. I like what they did because they've got the rock that knows wrestling. Mm-hmm. You have him produce it. You have him give his insight on the inside of the industry, and it, I think
1: because it's is this a wwe movie is it
0: i don't know if it uh, technically well he isn't. must
1: have used his muscle because they clearly filmed at some wwe events oh. and so that i'm yeah. sure that saved him some production dollars because yeah. they, they could just piggyback one of their events yeah. you know but uh but no it was an it was an interesting story well told it's very much a a, a disney vacation disney of vacation, i want not vacation it's disneyfied Disney vacation yeah it's not like you were going
0: on a disney vacation i know it's i like, can see you go on
1: them so often you like disney i couldn't vacation. say it without
0: saying a vacation yeah. right but
1: uh um it's definitely <laughs> like
0: crystals packing her bags
1: right outside yeah, the door just as soon it. as you say that yeah. I, yeah um but it was uh it's definitely kind of uh a cleaned up streamlined version of this story and it, it hits all of the inspiring movie it, beats, but it's, it looked like
0: a Disney sports movie. Yeah. You it, know, I mean, one of those inspiring. It's, absolutely. The, and
1: now it's a little bit because it's wrestling. It's a, it's a little bit, uh, grittier than that. And sure. A little bit more low brow than you would expect from a, from a Disney sports inspiration. And it's the movie. true story of Paige, right? Who,
0: you know, about her story of growing up and becoming a part of the WWE. And eventually she gets injured. It well, does it? the
1: movie stops so if okay. you're thinking about taking your kids it's it's a fairly family friendly movie there's one or two lines they come at you pretty quick and with the accents i don't know that a little one would really even catch it but um uh but you know if you let your kids watch WWE then i don't think there's anything in this movie that's going to radically offend your sensibilities okay. um but uh
0: but it's the triumph it doesn't go into the right. downfall it,
1: it stops like basically with her debut so okay. you you don't have to deal with any of the like the sex tape scandal or the drugs or anything like yeah. that
0: okay interesting yeah um i've heard nothing but good things about it so yeah i'm glad it's good joe will be happy to hear that uh the other thing that i'm wondering for people i mean you're not a wrestling fan you really enjoyed it i mean do you the first thing that came to my mind was Moneyball. like you don't have to like baseball to enjoy that story and appreciate right. it it's not a movie uh, how do you say it? it's not a movie A about baseball it's a movie that has baseball in it right, right? this like, is a
1: movie ab- about her trying to achieve this thing and that happens to be that thing happens to be wrestling but that thing could have been anything it's yeah. the same way that it's like I don't care about people who race ten speeds, but breaking away is a really good movie. Yeah,
0: exactly. So cool. Well, that's one to catch. I, I uh, my son, my son does like wrestling and The Rock and WWE, and so he was actually really wanting to see it this weekend. So he's nine, but also he's watched wrestling. So you think it's probably fine? I think it's probably fine. Not that it's a rated R like adult movie, but yeah. just sometimes you question, you know, do they walk the line at at PG thirteen yeah. or do that, you know?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I there's like two lines in the movie that are coming to mind and uh and they just kind of
0: right yeah i think they'll come and we, go yeah cool so anyway that one's coming in at number four we'll see what that continues to do uh in and uh if it has when it has overseas release number five isn't it romantic uh that is the uh, rebel wilson movie uh that uh, we talked a little bit about last week uh seven million dollars is a 51 percent drop 33.2 million dollars domestic for that one and uh no money overseas uh, no budgets. It's, my, my abacus is really failing me. I feel like a, a lot of these movies aren't updated updated, but, um, that's another one that couldn't have had much of a, I mean, that's maybe a 15, $20 million. Tom's going to look it up, but, uh, it's, it's a romantic comedy, but that kind of turns romantic comedies on their heads. Um, I enjoyed it. Tom didn't enjoy it as much as me, but, uh, um, I
1: wanted to, yeah, it's a clever yeah. concept. Yeah. So it's budget it's, is 31 million, 31.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's doing well for itself. Uh I think that it's going to still stick around, uh, you know, s- several more weeks and make some more money. But it's at least thirty three on the thirty one in two weeks. Um, but yeah, it's really clever the the concept, the way they turn romantic comedies on their heads. Um, you know, we talk about other movies like that uh, Amy Schumer movie, which is that I feel pretty. Yeah, uh, there are other movies that do similar things to where the main character thinks they're a certain way or you know than they are. Uh, you know, even going back to stuff like Shallow Hal, we've seen a lot of that. But this one, it's that it's not that she thinks she's a certain way. It's not about her confidence. It's about everybody else sees her a different way. And she's like, what the hell is going on? So it's interesting. It's a different turn. And it's also very, um, deconstructive of the, uh, romantic comedies, you know? So everything that you see in a romantic comedy, they do. And, but, but the difference is your main character is there to question it, which I thought was really clever. So, um, it's a really good date movie. I, if you're looking for a date movie, I definitely would recommend it.
1: Um, I will say I saw the trailer for her next movie. Yeah. which is like a, it looks like it's a a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It is a remake is of that dirty officially? It's okay. Officially. Um they, I, even in the trailer, they were,
0: they're like, "No dirt, dirty rotten men here." Not, it, yeah, there's
1: a reference in the slug yeah. line, and I didn't know if that was being cute or yeah. if this was officially oh, a remake.
0: Well, if you watch the trailer and it isn't a remake, someone's getting sued. Yeah, like, it's a remake. Well, yeah. But
1: um, I thought it looked really funny. Really? Yeah, I yeah, and I like it because it's in this one rebel wilson gets to be rebel wilson like oh, you know right i felt i can't remember if i said this last you week did. okay you did? yeah that it. and so i i i like the fact that in this storyline she gets to do what she does best
0: gotcha steve do you like romantic comedies
1: eh, it, it really honestly i used to like hate them like
2: without equivocation i just wouldn't refuse to see him but and then you I found out some... your
0: dates enjoy them and you changed your tune
2: <laughs> i mean i've actually seen a few that were actually like really really well done like um what was the asian one last year
0: oh crazy rich asian that is a delightful really movie yeah
1: yeah that was really good it's a really good movie
2: well I, I feel like i got sent to review that as the lone token asian on the uh, writing I don't staff no <laughs> coincidence <That's laughs> but coincidence. no it was it was really well done yeah. i've seen other romantic comedies that are yeah. are
1: pretty good um crazy stupid love being wait one of my did you make him see how how to train your dragon because Cause he's Asian in dragons. Is that what you did? (laughs) Now let's go through every movie you've ever reviewed
0: and try to figure out a way to make sense. Link it back to making Kevin racist. (laughs) That's not, (laughs) but no, it's absolutely delightful. I mean, that's a great, uh, you mentioned my two favorite romantic comedies. I think, I mean, crazy rich Asians, obviously newer, um, but it's, it's fresh on top of mind. And I loved that movie. Saw it twice. I showed it to Katie when it came out on digital and she loved it. Um, yeah i caught it in theater to review and she wasn't available but then you know we watched it at home she really enjoyed it and then uh yeah crazy stupid love i think is the best romantic comedy of the past 10 years i agree
2: i mean as long as the rom-com is like bring something fresh or isn't like the cookie cutter you know rom-com from like the 90s that we've all you seen them once you've seen them all you know
0: crazy stupid love is funny it's it's really smart it's clever the actors are hilarious they're all really good but it also has that twist yeah so it's not just doing the typical beats of a rom-com where it's just like you know boy meets girl boy and girl fall in love get in a fight they fall out of love they make up it's like you have this whole thing going on you know and we won't spoil it because we don't need to but i'm sure you've seen it but it's like you've got this whole thing going on that's like cluing you in the whole time and then boom at the end it blows up and you're just like you don't expect that to happen so
2: long story short, Kevin and I like romantic comedies that start with the word crazy. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs>
0: Crazy Rich Asians, Crazy Stupid Love, Like Crazy. Do you remember that one?
2: I never saw that one. That was Drew Barrymore, wasn't it?
0: No. Like Crazy is, if I, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but the Anton Yelkin one with uh, Felicity Jones, who was in uh, Star Wars Rogue One. Look up Like Crazy and see if it's, if it's Anton Yelkin.
1: Yes, and Felicity Jones. And Felicity
0: Jones, yes. I Like Crazy, if you haven't seen it, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times before. I mean, it's up there with 500 Days of Summer.
1: I was thinking of the Drew Barrymore movie Mad Love. Oh, okay. Where she, I think she has some sort of mental illness. Gotcha, so. gotcha.
0: But no, this like Crazy, I mean, I love Anton Yelkin. It's so sad that he passed. It Really a, a tragic loss because I think Anton Yelkin was a great actor and would become one of the greatest actors of our generation. I, I think he's up there with the way that we talk about. And I, I love Joaquin Phoenix. I think Anton Yelkin was a true talent. This is a, a romantic comedy that like the ones we mentioned last week, 500 days of summer, away we go. It takes the romantic comedy and it's not deconstructive. Like this comedy is just making fun and poking at things. But I mean, like crazy is different in the fact that they, it isn't your basic comedy. It's not, it has comedy elements, but it's a love story. But it's also not your typical story. I mean, it deals with, uh, uh, I think, Felicity Jones' character. You know, she is British, so like she's from overseas, and she has a student visa or work visa. So they have to deal with, you know, not only the their relationship and working on it like anyone does, but then they're also faced with her having to go back home, and then what does that do to the tension in the relationship? And it's just a really, really good movie. So if you like those other two movies and like the ones that Tom you've mentioned you really like, check out Like Crazy, and, and it's a great chance to see Anton Yelkin again. So coming in at number six, What Men Want. That's the remake of What Women Want. Uh, Did anyone see that? I did not. You did not? Okay. Yeah. I'm not hearing good things about it, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I like Taraji P. Henson. I think she's good. Uh, But I have not heard a lot of good things critically or even that much buzz about it outside. Uh, It made another $4.7 million. That's a 56% drop in week three. It is now up to $44.5 million, though. So good movie to release around Valentine's Day. Uh, 2.8 million overseas. So not much yet going on over there, but it only had a $20 million budget. So, I mean, they made their money back. They're still making money. So I guess they're all right with it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of competition, so, you know, good for them. Number 7 Happy Death Day to You, that's uh, the second film that we talked about last week. Uh go listen to that podcast and I would say watch the movie first, not only for spoiler reasons, but like you're probably going to be confused to death if you don't watch it yeah, first I, like I,
1: if you haven't seen the first one this movie is nonsensical. Yeah.
0: And I also say but before we talk about it watch Happy Death Day to You cuz we're talking about time travel yeah. and weird loops and we're arguing about timelines versus parallel universes and stuff and like we don't want you to turn it off. Watch the movie, check yeah. it out then listen to us and see if maybe then what we say will make sense, but, uh, they change it up a lot. We we go in depth on the episode, but if you liked the first movie, I definitely say, check this one out. Uh, it's just different, you know, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It isn't in my opinion, but, it's not a straight horror film or a horror comedy like the first one. So be prepared. Go into it with an open mind uh, and then listen to the episode. But it made $4.6 million in its second week. 52% drop brings it to $21.2 million. Um, overseas, though, another $20.1 million. So it's up over $42 million worldwide on a $9 million budget. Um, I know I, I follow Jason bloom on Twitter and he's, he tweeted a lot around the release of this movie and very excited about it. And a lot of the fans were excited about it. And, um, you know, it's kind of disheartening. You don't really see a lot of the Hollywood people actually talk about their disappointment in a movie. So, you know, I kind of felt bad because, you know, he was really amped up for it and he kept tweeting about how he was disappointed that it didn't do as well. And he, but you know, he's glad he not anything bad he did not like a jerk but like you know he was sad he said i'm glad people liked it it didn't do as well but you know we move on and we make the next one better blah blah blah. he seems like a really good guy but just following him it's like you know he was he definitely was affected like he noticed the drop in the box office for this one and so
1: um, but which is weird because that first one was so good i i would have thought it would have had a stronger opening weekend too even though i didn't like it near as much as the first one i don't think the i i don't think the average film goer one pays that much attention to advance reviews and i also think people that like horror movies doubly don't pay attention to reviews because they just anticipate critics not liking a horror movie and so they really just couldn't care less what a critic might or might not think about a horror movie
0: yeah no that's a good point i, I so yeah, i don't really know what the effect was i feel like i did see a lot of rev- i did see a lot of reviews and critics and people on twitter saying the movie is a lot different but to your point yeah i don't know that necessarily the people spending the money would but right. it seems like it because it's like well what else i don't know why they didn't show up but uh people were very well aware if they did look into it i mean almost every review was like this is different and for better or worse some people said this is different boo some people said this is different and crazy and i love it so yeah yeah who's who knows but th- i think that the main thing to take away here is it's still a blumhouse movie it had a nine million dollar budget and in two weeks it's made 42 million it's quadrupled its budget right. in two weeks so it may not be the success that that uh, jason bloom had hoped for and the studio had hoped for but it's still making money it's still a successful movie uh, and there's still a lot of people out there that really enjoyed it so it is what it is um number eight the upside jeez this movie just won't go away. This thing's a beast. I mean, STX right now is like, they're, they're out there. They're probably knocking on the old closed Weinstein office doors looking for yeah. old scripts that weren't developed because, I mean, we've talked about it. They're out
1: there like, is R. Kelly making any movies?
0: Oh, <laughs> I mean, we talked about this before, <laughs> but The Upside, it's a it's a remake of a French film called The Untouchables that was really uh, well received over there. And a lot of people that had found it outside the country, I mean, people really love this movie. Uh, it was set to be released like early last year or something, but uh, the production company was Weinstein. And so when all that stuff broke, uh, obviously they did not want to release this movie with that controversy. So they shelved it for quite a while for the better part of, of the year. And then STX swooped in and purchased it for $3 million. And in week seven, the movie made $3.5 million. <laughs> week seven, it's a 36% drop. You know, it's one of those feel-good movies that we just don't see that often anymore. Like Tom said, he's like, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it also... It does it really well. It's a movie that people enjoy. Yeah. So it has made $100 million domestic alone. And going into overseas, $10 million. So yeah, not too much there, but... 110 million on a $3 million purchase, I'll say. It had a $37 million budget. Well, you got to
1: wonder what the foreign appeal on this would be since it's already a movie in foreign markets. That's
0: what I wonder. That's why I think it's only made 10 million. You've got, and it's probably in France. I'm going to pull up the foreign total, but maybe you've got this small group. I say small, it's still 10 million, but you've got this select group of people like, oh, I love this movie. I want as much as I can get. Like, let's see how they remade it. And then you have everyone else, like, I have my movie. I right. love my movie.
1: Yeah, because you figure if you're watching it, and then if you have to watch it either dubbed or subtitled, yeah. you m- might as well watch the French one.
0: Right. And so, <laughs> interestingly enough, I don't even see a French release here. Uh, in the UK, it's made $2 million alone. So UK, $2 million, and then all the other countries combined. But interesting, no French release. Yeah. I don't know if that is a... Um, like purposeful purposeful. I don't yeah. know if it won't be or if it's a delayed release, you know, but there seriously, maybe like you said, there may just be not enough people to go to the theater. for. Right. It. Uh, or maybe they wanted to see how it performed when people see, Oh, it's doing well and people love it. So um, only time will tell on that one. But anyway, $3 million purchase from STX turning into 110 million in seven weeks. So that's a win for them certainly. And I'm glad people are enjoying the movie. I'm glad that it didn't disappear, you know, because from what I understand, it's a good movie. And it's just one of those cases where, you know, there's hundreds of people working on a movie and one guy ruins it for everybody. It's, yeah. it's sad. And, you know, when, when uh, the editor and the sound people and the lighting people, if they never get to see their work shown, it's kind of like with the all the money in the world, which again, I can't speak highly enough about Ridley Scott for what he did with that movie. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was great. But, you know, when all that controversy with Kevin Spacey came up. That movie could have totally tanked and disappeared. Right. But he went and he he spent millions of dollars convinced the studio to let him refilm the spacey scenes with Christopher Plummer movie came out. I mean, it didn't set the world ablaze, but it still made way more than it would have. And and, uh, at the end of the movie, again, the thing I really appreciated was it showed a special message, not just normal credits, but it's like, these are the names or this is how many hundreds of people this movie supported that worked on, you know, because you're here at the theater seeing it. And so, I think it was really cool that they did that. So um, good for them and good for the upside for for releasing and uh, making money. Number nine, Cold Pursuit. Talk about other people getting in trouble here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cold Pursuit, that's that Liam Neeson on a snowplow movie, at least for a little bit of it. $3.1 million is a 48% drop. That brings its domestic total to $26.8 million. Call it $27 million domestic. And uh, overseas, $8 million. So we're up around thirty-five million on another undisclosed budget. Um, it sounds like an interesting concept. Concept from what Tom said, we talked about it. He reviewed it a couple weeks ago when it came out. You know, a little mini review and said it was kind of a bait and switch on the trailer.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not uh, take it on a snowplow, which yeah. is what the trailers would make you think. It's it's definitely more of a a dark comedy, and it's more of an ensemble piece in that it follows a lot of different characters not just him. He, he disappears for huge yeah. chunks of the film. And, uh, i um, kinda like
0: saying Liam Neeson is in widows. Like Liam Neeson isn't widows, but right. like he comes and goes.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, it, it's definitely not the movie that you think it is.
0: Yeah. Steve, you didn't catch that one. Did
1: you? I did not.
0: Okay. Are you a fan of the taken movies?
2: I mean, the first one I thought was, <laughs> was fun, right? I wasn't a really big fan. Of the second one, I never saw the third.
0: What do you think of the seventh one? Uh, <laughs> Straight to in flight. Only, yeah. I, you know, I don't even. know I don't think I watched three. You know, I watched the first one, and I was on board. Did like we everyone. do an
1: episode on three?
0: Did we? I thought maybe I just did. don't remember. We might have, and it was, I was pretty that, forgettable. I, I might yeah. have just remember. I just, I, I can't remember a thing about it. Like. The first one obviously kicked off all these crazy old man action movies and, you know, kind of made everyone else like. And I don't mean like the expendables. I mean like the Sean Penn doing his taken movie and, you know, people going and doing their taken thing um, and definitely set Liam Neeson off on this trajectory. So I enjoyed the first one. The second one, I I remember it being okay, but I'm like, okay, kind of more of the same, kind of ridiculous. The more you get into the same situation over and over again, you're like, how many times are you going to get taken? Like, you know, whatever. But um, anyway, so I'm glad at least to hear that it wasn't just another Taken movie, and I'm kind of intrigued to see it. Yeah, it's just you know, with Liam Neeson opening his big mouth, it always gets you <laughs> kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just hold off on that one. And rounding out the top ten uh is uh, a limited release movie. I don't know this one. It's called Run the Race. It's
1: one of those uh, mega church movies. Oh, uh, it's oh, from Tim Tebow's production company. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. and it's like two. Uh, I think they're twins, brothers who, uh, their mom dies, their dad abandons them, they're going to, football's going to be their way out, mm-hmm. and one gets injured, and it's a whole, you know, it's it's very inspirational. You will be inspired, damn it.
0: And then they go to Gattaca, and they switch their DNA, and one is, plays as the other. And Huh? Do you remember Gattaca?
1: No, I never saw it. Oh, you never saw Gattaca?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's really interesting. I it, It's a movie that, I mean, I feel like it's kind of one of those Sleeper, like, uh, definitely found a life on home video. Yeah. Uh, And it's with uh, Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and Jude Law. And it's just about this futuristic world where these people are all like selected for their jobs based on their DNA. So you, you know, you're, they scan your DNA at an early age or whatever, and you're going to be a janitor, you're going to be a physicist. And so people with dreams and aspirations, it's like, you're set, you're not allowed to go outside. And so anyway, so you have two characters that want different things and they end up coming up with a plan to kind of cheat the system. And it's a really good movie. It's kind of a, it's a sci-fi thriller. Um, It's a good movie. You should definitely check it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, run the race narrowly beat out green book. So green book is up for a lot of awards, in, including best picture. And so around this season, uh, I definitely w- was surprised to see it kind of barely lose out to the top 10, but, uh, this one came in at I think 2.3 million and green book made 2.2 million. So, uh, anyway, so a bonus 11th spot to green book 2.1 million this weekend, 27% drop brings that one up to $69.6 million uh domestic and so i mean that's the oscars well the oscars happened so i don't want to spoil what happened yeah, we... so i won't go into that <laughs> so yeah you you know if you saw them you know what happened but uh definitely uh, green book is one to look out for uh when you watch it
2: i'm just i'm really glad that green book has done as well in the box office as it has because i don't know about you but when i i saw it i was probably my favorite movie of 2018 and when i tried to tell my friends go see green book they had no idea what the green book was like what it was even based on Mm. like no one heard of it i don't know if it's because we weren't taught it in our history classes here
0: or something but i hadn't heard of it before the movie and tom explained what it was you know back on the podcast when we first talked about it and so like i didn't i didn't know
2: yeah and i only had a a very vague awareness of what it was and i didn't know exactly what it was um but yeah it just seems like some. it kind of fell by the wayside at least with like a younger audience because we had no idea what it was we never went through it obviously you know and I don't know. It just, for whatever reason, it wasn't really discussed here.
0: Well, and the the problem, too, is not only with the movie not getting as much recognition or not getting as much publicity, the reason that people may not be turning out to see it is not only because of a lack of awareness of the green book and the marketing and all that, but it also it's going through the controversy of being just another white savior movie. Yeah. It's the kind of movie that a lot of people think the Academy loves, the Academy will vote for it could a, a disconnected Academy could very well make it best picture where all the younger people, younger filmmakers, younger film critics and all that are just like, what the hell, yeah. you know? And so it's one of those movies that, that very well could win. But a lot of the people that aren't 78 year old Academy members would be upset with that. You know, it's like the white savior thing. It's a very touchy subject. Like, you know, the way the movie's marketed, we've seen that before. You've got Mahershala Ali, who's a great actor and he's really good in the movie, but then they kinda of spin it, they kinda of market it as oh well Vigo's there to save the day,
1: you know? And Hollywood has made movies about race for a long time. Here's this white character that learns a valuable lesson and somehow saves the day and it was like it was the entry point for white audiences because right. you know, from a commercial standpoint, they you know, they couldn't be too radical. You know what I mean? And there's actually there was a really good uh uh Seth Myers Parody, yeah. I don't know if you saw it or not mm-hmm. sure. About white savior movies Which was really funny and pretty spot on But uh, you know And so there's a lot of movies that um, At the time Were groundbreaking From a race standpoint But now you look back and they can be kind of cringe cringeworthy, cringeworthy And I think that's why it's also important to keep movies In a historical context You go back and watch something like uh, Guess who's coming to dinner The Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn movie Where their daughter comes home engaged to Sidney Portier, and they they don't know how to process that.
0: Oh, not the Ashton Kutcher, Bernie Mac. No, which was
1: that was uh, all right. A remake, yeah, yeah Jack, that I'll was like a up. remake yeah, yeah. of sorts, but they yeah, flipped it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's a good movie, not the Ashton Kutcher yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. just to be clear, with a modern sensibility. You watch it, and you are like, oh, this is a bit much. But to make a movie like that, sure, in that time frame, that was an edgy movie, and so you you you've got to give them credit because that movie came out, and I think in like. 68 or 69 mm. but the fact that Hollywood basically keeps making those movies right. and and not moving the ball forward like well, that's where it becomes problematic.
0: The, the other thing too is I mean if this is the way the story really happened I don't I mean you can't you don't want to change the history like if if Vio Mortensen's character really did do all this stuff the way he says he did you're not going to write him out of history because that's what he did. But right. the problem people are having with it is this is based on a book by Vigo Morton's character side that the, the Mahershala Ali char- character's family is disputing that it went down that way. I, I think
1: another mistake the movie made was calling it was it shouldn't have been called Green Book because the the Green Book for people that don't know uh, it was a book that that black people would use to know when they were traveling especially in the South where it was safe for them to go whether it be a hotel or a restaurant or just you know or what towns they had to be out of by sundown like that I mean that was a very real thing it was very dangerous to travel and that was how they navigated the world with this book telling them not which places weren't racist but which places were least racist right and and so um i think a movie about the green book would be fascinating and so when you call this movie the green book and honestly within the context of the movie they hardly it's not about the green Book. they hardly ever they even use it, the book. They
0: show it and yeah, that's, yeah.
1: and so I, I really think it's an awful name for this movie because it I think it I think they set themselves up for failure because I think a lot of black people that know the history of the green book were like oh this could be an interesting story and then they didn't get that story at all
0: Um, If you want, I'm not sure I'm checking right now. So I don't know if at the time of this recording, it still will be available, but um, the Smithsonian channel has a documentary being released in theaters about the green book and you actually can own it on digital for free it's like a ten dollar documentary to yeah. own and right now it's free uh, but it's called green book a guide to freedom smithsonian channel uh, it says online right now you can watch it on their website but i actually bought it on google play to own for free um, so go watch that if you yeah, want i think it's
1: on voodoo for free as it well. was on voodoo and yeah.
0: and google play so um maybe go check that out and that it's a documentary so if you want to learn about the green book go watch the documentary. But this movie is really not about the green book. I think Vigo Vigo Mortensen's character is kind of serving as the green book for this musician. You know, it's like the green book says what places are safe to go where to be and Vigo Mortensen walks around and makes it safe for Mahershali's character. So right. that's really the only connection. You're not learning really about the green book. So I agree with you on the flip side, not to hate on this movie, or I know Steve really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm not a hater of green book. Like a lot of people online hate this movie. I think it's, Really, um it was a really funny movie, a really heartfelt movie.
2: There was a lot more humor than I anticipated. It,
0: way funnier than I expected, and I think the acting. I mean, vigo Mortensen doing vigo Mortensen stuff. Like he's a great actor. He's kind of he's kind of doing a Mario stereotype. I mean, yeah. it, it is a stereotype character. I still liked him though because I think he's a great actor. But Mahershala Ali is excellent in this film oh, yeah. as he always is. Yeah, um, I enjoyed
1: the movie. Yeah, but I also recognized that like it maybe wasn't the best way to tell that story.
0: Right. So, yeah, I'm trying to understand it from yeah. another perspective, but I personally enjoyed it, and I, I think it's a good movie. Um, should it be Best Picture? No. so I don't think. Yeah. So, anyway, but that's that's Green Book. So, at least it is making money, like Steve said. I mean, uh, you know, it's making uh, worldwide right now. It has $74 million overseas. So, it's up over $150 million worldwide on a $23 million budget. So, that's more successful than I even thought. And maybe, I guess, the Oscar nom gave it an extra push. Yeah. And I think it has had
1: good word of mouth. I think yeah. a lot of people have really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, go check it out. But that is the box office. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. So uh, I guess that's it for this one. Uh, I guess we'll go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them. My
2: name is Steve Kelly. You can find my writing on ReviewSTL. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook at the Cavs.
0: This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Bracket.
1: And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Q. Cured- at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe, and don't forget you can uh, find the show online at on Twitter at Real Spoilers or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers, and uh, don't forget to stop them by Apple Podcasts, leave a review, even if it's a short one. And oh, thanks uh, for taking my oh no problem it was a good my idea my suggestion it, it was a stroke of genius and uh, of course. Don't forget our Patreon account at patreon.com slash real spoiler. So that's it for this one. Coming up to the next one, we will tackle how to train your dragon, whatever its subtitle is, with a very special guest, J.D. Duran from the In Session Film Podcast. So until then, you've been warned.